You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast with your host, John Chapman. That's me. And I am excited because we've got a lot of new stuff going on with the podcast. We're going to be breaking down interior offensive linemen, both guards and centers today. A lot of the guys can play both. And we're going to go through draft profiles, player comparisons, draft position, overall big board position, tiered rankings. We'll run them through our scouting criteria that was adopted by Bill Walsh. And we've got all that stuff. We're going to have details for the last chance to get that DeForest Buckner autographed jersey and... New thing that we're I'm working on with Eat Sleep Fantasy, I am going to be putting out all of my draft content where basically you can see all the work that I've done. Um, I'm up to well over 75 pages, over 130 plus prospects with video clips and all those things, and we're going to try to make those available to everybody. It's going to be for about 10 bucks, but if you are a listener and subscriber on here, I'm going to probably knock that in half for you guys. Not really uh, out to make money with this, but I've done all of this draft work for going on this would be my eighth year and i've just kind of kept it for myself <laughs> obviously you know i talk about it on podcasts and on twitter and things but my goal is to try to get this into the hands of people so they can kind of see the work that is done it's going to include big board tiered rankings all that kind of stuff uh, again a ridiculous amount of info so hopefully stay tuned hopefully in the next week all of that will be available for you guys and i'll give you all of the information on that but without further ado Let's jump into the big boys. These are the ones that do all the dirty work, the big hog mollies up front, and they help all the fantasy and everything just go smoothly. Now, the interior offensive line position is very, very unique for all 49ers fans as well because there is a major need for the 49ers at this position. Yes, I understand everybody's like, well, we signed Mike uh, Pearson, and so we're good there. No. He signed a backup deal. Yes, it was a three-year deal, and that's okay. He got paid backup money. He is not getting paid starter money. We saw them do this the exact same thing last year. 
um, where they sound Kilgore, and then they traded him away. Once we got a keystone piece in there. Now, Pearson's great because he can back up all three interior positions. However, he's not starter mentality. Uh, he's great. He played injured. I really like the guy. But again, his talent level has a very low ceiling. So let's go in and right off the bat, man, there are some top-tier prospects that are beyond elite. The guy that I have way above everybody else is Garrett Bradbury out of NC State. He's six foot three, three oh six, and he is an athlete. He ran a four point nine two forty, so a sub five forty at three hundred and six pounds, uh, thirty one inch arms, which is why he is just an interior guy. Uh, you know, if you look at the length, being six three, that's going to eliminate him from playing tackle, and then thirty one inch arms, that's definitely going to el eliminate him from playing. Um, offensive tackle. So he's going to be able to play both guard and the center position. So he's a guard center guy, crazy athletic, lean, and perfect for pulling. Um, and just spoiler alert on how much I like this guy. He is my number 10 overall prospect. I have him in the top 10. And he's going to be one of the top centers or guards basically probably year two. Um, you're talking about a guy that is starter quality that you can plug and play day one. And not only is he, he's going to upgrade every single team. He's going to be probably, you know, in that five to 10 center range as far as all NFL centers go, year one. So he allowed two sacks and 13 pressures on 512 snaps, and that's over three years. So the fact that he allowed two sacks in all that time is insane. He's only allowed 15 penalties, so about five penalties a year. Um, Three-year starter that improved every single year, and what he does better than anybody else is Garrett Bradbury is he gets movement up front. That's what he does. He's not a stalemate blocker where he's just going to hold a guy there. He is going to put them somewhere. Um, reaching the defender, he's about as good as possible. He his the thing that he excels at is crossing the face, and you know as a former defensive line coach and player. The no-no that you go over with your players is if that offensive lineman starts on your defensive left, and this is a gap control defensive scheme, let's say I'm responsible for the A gap. Um, so I am lining up on the right shade or a one, uh, depending on how you want to call this, of the center. If that center, once he snaps the ball, is able to go from the left side of my hat or helmet and cross my face to the right side and seal me off, I have just lost control of my gap. This is like pull you out of the game. You're not playing anymore if this happens. He is unreal at it. He is so quick at the point of the snap, and his drop step to get the lateral movement happens so quick, he does this routinely. Now, also, if you want to watch some pancakes, this guy's got them. You know, the very first game I turned on was hit, uh, North Carolina State versus Boston College. You know, a nice ACC matchup. And in the very first quarter alone, he had three pancake blocks against three separate players. He got the nose tackle, he got a defensive end, and he got a linebacker. This guy is violent and effective. It, it, he's just exactly how you would draw up a center in every single way. Uh, absolutely great in pass protection. He gives up zero zero ground. Uh, you're not going to see him be driven back into the face of the quarterback. So if you're playing against people like you know Aaron Donald or Indomitian Sue or Gerald McCoy, these you know Geno Atkins type players that just get penetration through bull rush, you're gonna love this guy. And on top of that, if you are running a zone blocking scheme, then it's helping you in the pass game and it's helping you in the run game so 
let's look really quickly. Let's go through our criteria. Again, this is I adopted this list for each position from Bill Walsh's Bill Walsh's coaching notes. Um, he didn't have them set up in a rubric, but he just he, he gives about two to three paragraphs on what he looks for at each position. And I tried to kind of create a way to calculate this on a scale of one to ten, ten being the best. So the order goes like this: uh, gets movement when run blocking, doesn't give up ground versus the bull rush. Uh, again, that's a pass rush situation. Balance stays within their frame. Combo block exchange. Time on the ground. One of the most important things that you can do whenever you're grading offensive lineman film is just as you're watching film, just keep a little ticker. And every time somebody falls, just keep adding it. And once you do that, you can tell that's going to help you see balance and it's going to help you see just effort and motor if their feet stop, um, things like that. That's what that helps understand. Feet never stop moving, pulling slash trap potential, and heavy hands that neutralize the defenders. So let's go through this for Garrett Bradbury. He gets a perfect 10 in the <laughs> the most important two categories. Gets movement and run blocking, 10. Doesn't give up ground versus bull rush, 10. Balance stays when his frame, 8. Combo block exchange, 9. He has no problem getting to the second level. Times on the ground, 9. Um, I want to put 10 there, but a lot of times he'll pancake, and he'll go over the top of him, and so the defender will kind of pull him down as he gets pancaked. But, again, no issues there. Feet never stop moving, 7. Pulling trap potential, 9. Heavy hands that neutralize defenders, 10. Um, he is the highest-ranked center that I have graded since Ryan Kelly coming out of Alabama. We've seen what Ryan Kelly can do for Andrew Luck when he's healthy. This kid is special. Um, and Garrett Bradbury, again, he is going to go off the board very, very early. So I have one other interior guy that's in the same tier, but he's down. I have the next player, Eric McCoy, out of Texas A&M. I know a lot of people are very high on Chris Lindstrom, and they would put him up there. I like Lindstrom, but Eric McCoy is bananas. Texas A&M, and again, if I, I'm a Longhorn, so for me to like a Texas A&M guy, uh, that should tell you something. I'm definitely biased against him, but I still love the way this kid plays. So Texas A&M, six foot four. 303 pounds. He ran a 4.8940. Somehow he's even faster than Bradbury. 33-inch uh, arms. So now once we look at his measurements, you know, he's 6'4 with 33-inch arms. Technically, those are the cutoff limits for tackle play. He could do it. I don't think that teams are going to ask him or to value him as a tackle. Um, but the idea is, like, he has the measurements. The problem was we saw at the combine, um, they tried putting him in the kick slide drill, and he looked awful. So while he does have the length and the height and the reach to maybe play tackle, his kick slide's atrocious. So uh, I recommend keeping him as just a straight-up interior center guard guy. He can do both. But again, insane speed. So if we look at what he's done, um, center guard will never be an issue. He allowed zero sacks this year, gave up seven pressures on 466 pass snaps. Against zero sacks. And this is an SEC guy that played against some of the best uh, snap in, snap out. So five penalties in three years. Very clean prospect. You don't have to worry about holding calls or getting his hands on the outside of the shoulder pad. False starts. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. He played absolutely amazing against Quinn and Williams. You know, everybody has Quinn and Williams and they're kind of top three um, overall big board. I love Quinn and Williams. If you watch the Texas A&M film, you'll see Quinnen make a lot of plays. None of those are against Eric McCoy. Whenever he lined it up on top of Eric McCoy and they went one-on-one, -on -one, 
Eric McCoy made him look normal. Um, so Quinnen Williams' worst game of the year was against this guy, and that's what you can get through and you can talk about, like, oh, well, watch this play or watch these highlights. Well, how did they do against one-on-one top-tier talent? And Quinnen Williams is about as good as they get, and Eric McCoy kept him in check. Now, he had no issue versus Clemson either, whether he was going against Dexter Lawrence. Sometimes he uh, kicked out on Cleveland Farrell. Sometimes it was a Chris. Christian Wilkins. So you're talking about a guy that is looking great against several first and second round draft picks that are at the top of their line. Um, always engages the defender right in the middle of their chest. Whenever he he's so athletic, he can adjust based on the stunts that the defender makes. His reaction time is pretty impressive. And whenever he strikes the defender, I mean, it's textbook. It's almost like he's hitting a blocking dummy because his his arms are in and his thumbs are up, and he just engages perfectly that way. He doesn't ever miss blocks. He's great in space with that athleticism. Again, a four eight nine. Um, the dude has insane speed for a three hundred pounder. Now, I do think several teams will have him as a number one center or guard. It's going to be between him, Garrett Bradbury, and Chris Lindstrom. Some teams are going to like Chris Lindstrom. I get it. His highlights are a lot, a lot of fun. He's very consistent. But bull rushes, very easy for him. Never seems to give up any push whatsoever. Um, He does not get knocked back into the quarterback's face, especially on shallow drops or just straight out of the shotgun. Um, Gets pushed in the run game laterally. So here's the big difference between him and Garrett Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury will drive you five yards off the ball. Eric McCoy in the system they ran at AM, it's all lateral zone scheme. So he's not one of those guys that's just going to, you know, one on one, I'm pushing you five yards back. He might be able to do it, but that wasn't the goal uh, for this offense. He is a guy that's going to get hat on hat, get his arms inside, and just stay with you to the outside and allow the running back or the quarterback for Texas AM's uh, case uh, to just pick their hole. So zone blocking scheme, which again, this is what the 49ers run. I really hope that he does go to one of those situations. Um, now, my player comparison for him is, oh, I don't think I, yeah, I, I think I missed my player comparison for Garrett Bradbury. So let's jump back. Sorry about that. Garrett Bradbury, I have him as Ali uh, Marpet's athleticism, but Richie Incognito violence. So you combine those two people, that's Garrett Bradbury. Now back to Eric McCoy. I have him as Max Unger, who has been unbelievable, except a better athlete. Um, So you see that upside, and you have seen people like the Saints, what they look like with a good center, and what they look like whenever they don't have a good center. Um, So if you have a shorter quarterback, or a quarterback that hates pressure in their face, Eric McCory is insane. So let's go through and let's look at, let's do our rankings for Eric McCoy. So gets movement when the run blocking, he gets an eight. He always gets movement, but again, he doesn't have the versatility in a power blocking scheme. So he's going to be a zone blocking guy. So that's why I gave him eight because it's lateral movement. Doesn't give up ground versus bull rush. Again, perfect 10. These two guys, you just don't see it. Balance stays within his frame, 9. Combo block exchange, 9. Times on the ground, 9. Feet never stop moving, 8. Pulling trap potential, 10. He was the best in class for sure on that one. Now, heavy hands that neutralize the defenders, I gave him a 6. He uses his hands well, but he's not the type of guy that's going to punch and you're going to see the head of the defender kind of get knocked backwards that's not what he uses his hands for he uses his hands for control instead of power so again another that's one of those kind of slight differences in these two players games garrett bradbury is going to kill you 
Eric McCoy is going to control you and move you to the side. So based on your scheme, that's what you're going to get out of those two uh, players. And overall on my big board, I have Eric McCoy as the number 21 overall player. Um, I do think that's about where he will go again just because I have him ranked 21. That's not where I think they will be drafted. That's just how I rank them. And I actually have him ahead of Jonah Williams, which I think is going to upset a lot of people. I like Jonah Williams. His versatility is great. But I think that the high seal, high ceiling, high floor is on Eric McCoy's side because uh, he's just so clean. You know, Jonah Williams has that one issue is some people don't think that he is a tackle. I do think he can play tackle. But Eric McCoy is my 21. Jonah Williams is 22. So that kind of lets you see the view in which I have of this player and his his talent. He is unbelievable. Now, my number three, uh, offensive guard or interior guy, I have him a full tier down. So, yes, he's ranked right behind Eric McCoy. However, there is a giant gap in the value between the number two and the number three guy. So, whereas I had Eric McCoy ranked number 21, this next guy, I have 44th overall as of now. And that is, I'm going to screw this name up, Bo, Bo Shawell out of Wisconsin. This guy is a killer. He is everything that you would ever expect out of a Wisconsin offensive lineman. Six foot six, 309 pounds, 33 inch arms. And you're like, whoa, those are offensive tackle numbers. This guy's not offensive tackle. He is a heavy bottomed, thick bottomed big boy. He ran a 5.2440. Like he, it's, it's, he's not a speed guy. He is just a person that is designed to kill defensive tackles. Um, he is very, very mean, to say the least. Now, stats-wise, um, two sacks and six pressures on 323 pass snaps. So you, you hear the number there. Wisconsin, we know what they do. They got big boys up front, and we're going to run it down your throat. So pass snaps, if you're into you know, kind of the way the NFL is moving, there's going to be a lot of teams that don't even have Bo on their big board. Because he doesn't fit what they do. But if you are a power running team and you are wanting to be physical up front and mean as hell and impose your will, you love this guy. Um, so, uh, might be the best run blocker of any offensive lineman in this draft. I feel very confident in making that claim. He is incredible. Uh, pretty good in space. And he gets to the second level better than you would think for a big stiff guy. But the thing that he does that is very, very different than anybody else is just pure violence on every play. He is never okay with just a block and getting a block and sealing his guy. You don't see that. He wants to destroy them, play in and play out. And he gets movement every single play. Um, now, again, talking about the run-heavy thing, this is the concern. So once we get out of that top-tier guy, that top tier of guys with Garrett Bradbury and Eric McCoy, you know, they're so well-rounded they could do everything – now we're getting into players that they specialize. But because they specialize in something, they're going to have a huge adjustment or deficiency in another area. And with him, yeah, the pass, pass blocking is going to be an issue. But if you value um, you know, that kind of physical run style, you are going to love Bo. He's just unruled. Run-heavy teams are going to drool over this kid. So player comparison, uh, I said Travis Swanson but not as good in pass pro. So you're only getting half of Travis Swanson. I think that he could go. He's probably going to go in the third round, but I have a second round grade on him because 
He's just so elite at what he does. Uh, the one thing that he does do with his run blocking is he's just better than everybody else at it. So let's take him through the gauntlet here. Uh, so Bo Ben, Sh ben Shawl, sorry, screwed up that name, gets movement when run blocking 10. Absolutely. Better than anybody else. Doesn't give up ground versus the bull rush at 8. He doesn't get pushed back. They do go around him, though. Balance stays when his frame 6. Not that good. Combo block exchange, I'm going to give him an 8. He, again, he's very effective at getting to the second level despite uh, having bad, uh, not, not being as quick. Times on the ground, 6. He does go to the ground a lot. Feet never stop moving, 7. Uh, pulling slash trap potential, 7. He needs to work on his speed a little bit. And heavy hands, 10. So the biggest problem with him is just going to be pass pro, as I said. But he is great. And probably if you want to watch one person's film, I'd say Garrett Bradbury, then Bo uh, Binshawl. I'm, I'm going to stop saying his name so you don't turn this off. All right, next up, we have Chris Lindstrom, who a lot of people might have as their number one. Out of Boston College, he is six foot four, 308 pounds, another 4.91 guy, 34-inch arms. He is your definition of what I call a stalemate guard. Okay, very heavy bottomed. And what I mean by that whenever I say heavy bottomed is he sits in his seat. He plays with very, very good le leverage and is almost in a permanent wall sit kind of a posture. He's not a guy that stands up. You know, he's going to have lowest hat at all times, even though he's 6'4". And he's a stalemate guard. He is not a guy that's going to get movement really anywhere. He doesn't push people off the ball. He doesn't move them side to side. And you sure as hell aren't pushing them back. He is a neutralized run blocker. So um, what's great about him is you don't have to worry about him getting downfield on passing plays. He's just a guy that <laughs> that offensive line, the line of scrimmage, nobody's going to move from it. It's just we're staying put here. Now, great speed. Despite his big body, he gave up zero sacks and four pressures on 363 run snaps. And so, again, if you look at these numbers, they're the best in the class as far as sacks allowed and pressures allowed. He's number one in both of those categories. But his ceiling is a little bit limited in the fact that he's not getting movement. So if you're a zone blocking scheme and you want to focus on the run game, you're going to kind of knock him a couple points. If you're a power running game, he's not going to get movement there, so you're going to knock him a couple points. If you just throw the ball like crazy and that's all you want to do, then you're going to love him. So it, you can see as we keep going through these guys, there's a little bit of pick your poison and what's a better scheme fit. So he's allowed seven penalties in four years. Uh, ranked number two in pass blocking efficiency according to Pro Football Focus. Doesn't get the push up front like you'd like to hope, but again, uh, he's very he's very solid. He did struggle early on versus Clemson for the entire first half, but after that he came back and corrected a lot of those mistakes. But again, people against Clemson, you're supposed to struggle. You're going against four basically first and second rounders, really five, actually, if you think about it. But anyway, more of a stalemate guy, as I said. He does fall to the ground a little too much. His balance gets over the top, and he misses the second-level guys too often. But if you are a person that or a team that just values pass protection only from the interior, he's going to be your number one guy. He's the best at that. He just has some deficiencies in those other areas. My player comparison for Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College is Joel Batonio, uh, but misses much more often. And what I mean for that is like he'll he'll get forward and his weight gets out off of his front, but uh, he misses a lot of times because his balance isn't as good. So let's go through the gauntlet with Chris. 
Gets movement when run blocking six. Doesn't give up ground versus bull rush eight. Balance stays within his frame six. Combo block exchange seven. Times on the ground six. Feet never stop moving seven. Pulling trap potential seven. Heavy hands neutralizes the defenders eight. But again, you can see you got a lot of sixes and sevens. Now again, Chris Lindstrom, he's going to start day one. He's probably going to go in the second round. Could go in the first round. This guy is going to be a starter at the next level, guaranteed. Um, so we are now about halfway through. We've still got um, four more players that I want to break down. But let's take time out just to say, hey, thank you to our sponsors, Game Day Sports and Memorabilia. And if you haven't listened lately, oh my goodness, I have in my possession right now, I don't want to give it up, an autographed DeForest Buckner jersey. And it is legit. comes with authentic, authentic, that's a hard word authenticity guaranteed um it's got the beckett confirmation and all those things to let you know that it's legit here's how you win it please listen very carefully one subscribe to the podcast you've already done this two follow me on twitter at jl underscore chapman you guys probably already do that as well last thing head over to itunes just type in 49ers rush podcast leave a review However you feel about this podcast, leave that review. I'm not asking for a five-star review. I want you to be very honest. I care way more about improving this than I do making my ratings look good or whatever. So just be honest. But however, when you do review the 49ers podcast, leave your Twitter handle. If for some reason you don't have a Twitter handle because that's just not your thing, that's okay. Leave your email address uh, or some way that I can contact you because what's going to happen I'm going to put all the names into basically an Excel spreadsheet. I cut it, cut it up. I let my 10-year-old son pick one out. Whoever gets it, they get the jersey. I'll cover shipping. I send it all to you. It doesn't cost you a penny. So, again, head over to iTunes, leave a review, and make sure at the end of your review you leave your Twitter name and or email address, and then you will be entered into that. So, again, thank you, Game Day Sports Memorabilia. They are unbelievable. Now let's drop down. We're, we're in a whole nother tier now. And this player is quite interesting in and of itself. His name is Elton Jenkins out of Mississippi State. Six foot four, 310 pounds, 34 inch arms. So this guy has a tackles build. It's just probably going to be a center guard guy. Absolutely great in pass protection. Um, one sack, five pressures on 351 pass snaps. He's had 11 penalties in four years. This is a guy that has just played top-tier football in the SEC for four straight years. Think about all the players that these guys have gone up against. You want to talk about top-tier competition playing a play out? Elton Jenkins had to play against Jeffrey Simmons every single day in practice. This guy has, he's, he's, he's as, how should I say this? He's not a finished product. He's still got some areas that he can improve, but he's a very seasoned vet already and will be day one in the NFL. Now, my biggest critique of Jenkins is he plays way too high at the start of every play. He's six foot four, but he doesn't have bend. And so as soon as he snaps it, which is very rare for a center a lot of times, as soon as he snaps it, he stands straight up. And so this is something that he's going to have to fix and try to get down in his seat a little bit more. Um, he relies on his post and or anchor step way too much because he loses the leverage battle more often than not because he's so high. You know, one of the easiest things to watch whenever you're grading film is hat on hat. When you have an offensive-defensive lineman firing off into each other, low hat wins as a coach. That's what you always teach. Uh, whether you coach offensive line, I use the same terminology, or if I'm coaching defensive line, same terminology. Low hat wins. Play your leverage. Be smart. 
He's 6'4 and long, and he loses that battle all the time. So people get up underneath him and push him back. Now in college, he's athletic and strong enough to where he, what he does is a post step, which is where you start to lose the balance and you're getting pushed backwards. So he takes his right leg and he posts it behind him and turns his foot perpendicular to where he is and kind of anchors himself down, or we call it a post step, and almost bends backwards while holding the person doing like a back bend standing up almost. You can kind of see the arch that he's, he's doing. You can't do that in the NFL. And he's going to have a lot of moments at the next level where he's going to be put on his ass because his leverage is way too high. And in college, that's great. Now it's going to be a little bit different whenever you're going up against people like Fletcher Cox, you know, who's from the same university. Like I, that matchup, a Fletcher, talk, Fletcher Cox type guy is going to put him on his butt. So he's got some issues he's got to work out there. He has insane upper body strength and tosses defenders to the ground often. You'll see him engage with a defender, and then you just see him literally almost like Hulk throw with both hands these people to the side, and he'll lift them off of the ground. Like, he is just, he's a beast. Um, doesn't get a lot of movement off the ball, but he's more of a stalemate type guy there, but he does seem to get pushed back by shorter defensive tackles, as I said. Um, he's at his best in pass protection. Wasn't asked to block out in space really at all. He's a big dude. They just went straight at him and just allowed him to take away whatever interior guy they wanted. My player comparison for Jenkins is a poor man's Ben Grubbs, and I think that he's going to go around probably the third round um, he could go earlier uh, based on the team that values him um, and what they're looking for and who's in their division. That's the key thing there. So let's go through the gauntlet with Elton Jenkins. Gets movement when run blocking four. Uh, doesn't give up ground versus the bull rush seven. He does get pushed back a little bit. Balance stays within his frame three. Combo block exchange two. Times on the ground nine. Feet never stop moving four. Pulling trap two. Heavy hands eight. So you can see how those numbers are just dropping as we keep going. And the, that's going to be the last person that we run through the gauntlet. Um, I, I kind of do that just for the top-tier players. So uh, I still keep watching film for a lot of other guys. And so we still got three more guys I want to talk about. But they're going to be a little quicker. So let's get through these guys quickly. First one up is Michael Jordan. Awesome name. There's some pretty cool names in this draft. Um, Rocky Sin, I think, takes the cake. But we got Michael Jordan. Uh, he's the goat in basketball, man. That's awesome. Uh, Ohio State, 6'6", six six, 312 pounds. He ran a 5'2", 740, and 34-inch arms. So you're talking about a guy. He's got the perfect tackle makeup. He's a little slow. He's going to be an interior guy. But worst case scenario, man, he would have no problem lining up at a right tackle. I doubt teams will do it, but as far as emergencies go, he could do it. So center guard um, gives up way, way too much ground versus the bull rush. Uh, one sack, 15 pressures allowed on 591 pass snaps. Uh, they threw the ball a ton at Ohio State. And it was a really quick passing game, so even if he gave up um, some space versus the bull rush. They were getting the ball out really quick with Dwayne Haskins. It's just what they did. 14 penalties in three years, so that's decent. Not really great at anything, but decent at everything. 
uh, kind of a jack of all trades guys. Again, gives up. <laughs> I keep writing this down as I watch his film. Gives up too much ground versus the bull rush. That, that's the one thing. He does use his arms very well to keep defenders in front of him. Um, good zone blocker, but not much of a body mover. But he will maintain. He doesn't let guys get past him. He just he he concedes some ground sometimes, which is which is rough. Um, my player comparison for him is Doug Free, but at center. But he's that same concept where. There's going to be two to three plays a game where you're like, why is this guy in the NFL? But outside of that, you know, where he just gets blown up. But outside of that, he's pretty consistent. It's just his bad plays look really, really bad. So I could see him going anywhere in the third or fourth round. Uh, There's a lot of talent in the interior offensive line. But if you don't get one of these top-tier guys, Bradbury, McCoy, uh, Bo, Lindstrom, or even Jenkins, if you want to see that. After that, they're all just kind of jags. You know, I had a coach, he's like, ah, he's a jag. Just a guy. Just whatever. There's not much differentiation once we get Pat to Michael Jordan and below. So uh, you might see a lot of these guards go super early, but then you're going to have a bunch go in rounds four, five, six, based on the scheme fit that each team wants. But once you're down there, there's a whole bowl of guys that you can just pick one, and they're going to be whatever. So next guy I want to talk about is Big Nate. Nate Herbig out of Stanford. Six foot three, three hundred and thirty-five pounds. So you can tell he's a big boy. Five point four one forty-yard dash, thirty-two inch arms. He is a big boy. He is a mauler. Um, again, he is in contention for one of the best run blockers in this draft. I'm going Big Bow with Wisconsin, but Nate is fun. Now, he's given up one sack and nine pressures on only 228 pass snaps. So that should let you know how much Stanford threw the ball. Um, So 10 penalties in three years. That's wonderful. And if you want um, to knock defenders off the ball, this is your guy. Um, Seems like either him or the defender goes to the ground on every play. Sometimes both. But he is a pancake artist, and unfortunately, his balance is not as great as some of the other pancake guys like Garrett Bradbury or Big Bo because sometimes he misses and he just goes Superman and goes right on his belly. Uh, it's kind of comical, but it's what it is. So either him or the defender's going to the ground. Um, could lose some weight if a zone blocking team gets him. I, I think that he's got some bad weight on him at 335. Uh, I think he could play probably at about 310. In today's NFL, they're not going for the gigantic dudes anymore. Some teams are. You can look at teams like Oakland. They value that. Gruden's always valued that. Uh, big guys, they just signed Trent Brown, for example. But if you look at teams like the 49ers, almost all of their offensive linemen are right around 300 pounds. They don't want those big old heavy dudes because they want movement. They want you to be able to get out in space and get to the second level and be athletic. So uh, there's going to be some teams that do not have Nate on their board whatsoever, but he blocks through the whistle. Um, I put blocks through the echo of the whistle. There's, you know, coaches say block through the whistle. This guy's going to block for an extra count every single play. Uh, he's got a personal vendetta against every guy he goes against, and he just wants to hurt people. He is a perfect sit in a, uh, fit in a power system, as I said. But again, um, I think he's still, even if he does go to a power team, I think he needs to lose about 10 to 15 pounds and work on some mobility issues. Now, my player comparison for Nate Herbig is Gabe Jackson. Um, and again, this is a third to fourth round tier guy, and... A big reason why he's there is some teams are not going to want him at all. He's not going to be on half the team's boards in the NFL. 
And the next guy, the last guy I want to talk about today is Connor McGovern. I feel like we've already talked about Connor McGovern. Uh, he came out a few years ago, but this Connor comes out of Penn State, six foot five, three hundred and eight pounds, thirty four inch arms, and he is just a perfect zone blocker. Um, again, this is the new prototype that's coming out of college. We're getting these guys that can get out in space and block and get movement, but what we are very in dire need of dire straits we're in dire need of people that can pass pro against all these awesome defensive linemen and you look at this draft there's a chance 11 defensive linemen can go in the very first round Uh, there's a premium on pass rushing however the college levels are not putting out the same level um quality of offensive linemen to combat that. So uh, this guy is he that's who he is. 4 sacks, 15 pressures on 404 uh, 444 pass snaps and that's awful. That, that's that's terrible. Um 11 penalties in 3 years, that's okay. He's a run blocking stud but again struggles in pass pro. His best asset is getting to the second level and blocking in space. Uh so you know, you can look at teams that just do not value pass protection like the Houston Texans, like the Seattle um seahawks like minnesota like cincinnati these are teams that just every year just basically punt the offensive line position i think this is where connor mcgovern will go so if i had to bet uh he's gonna land at one of those teams that just do not care about pass protection and you just basically allow your quarterback to check out a protection or chip and block whatever Uh, my player comparison zane beatles and i know a lot of people just threw up in their mouth but that's who this kid is i think he's going to be a fourth round draft pick and again whichever offensive system values zone blocking run blocking more they're going to be the ones that get this guy so Thank you, guys. Hopefully, you enjoyed this episode. Again, make sure you head over to Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Stay tuned. Uh, Draft kit, whatever you want to call it, uh, is going to be out soon within the week. I am working ridiculous trying to get this finished and to you guys so you can see everything. And again, head over to our sponsors at Game Day Sports Memorabilia. And if you haven't already, go leave a review with your Twitter handle and win that DeForest Buckner jersey. We will talk to you guys soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. 
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.